0: Let's begin with a word of prayer. My prayer this morning, Father, is a simple one, that you would give me a heart for your word and a word for our hearts. Amen. Today, May the 3rd, in the church calendar would be Good Shepherd Sunday. So this morning we have two texts about God and Jesus as our Good Shepherd. The first is a perhaps one of the most well-known scriptures in the Bible, the 23rd Psalm. And when I was a little boy, I memorized this in the King James. So, as is our custom at Kings, we stand for the reading of scripture. If you're able, please stand for the reading of the 23rd Psalm and a passage from John's Gospel. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hear these words that Jesus speaks about shepherds in John's gospel chapter 10. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. I came that they might have life and have it abundantly." Here ends the reading of God's holy word. So today for our children's sermon, I'm going to quote some popular phrases from famous characters. And after I say the phrase, I want you to do one thing to show me that you know the answer. No, I don't want you to raise your hand. When you think you know the answer, I want you to have fun and I want you to baa like a sheep. You ready? To infinity and beyond. Yep, I hear some sheep out there. Some people are worth melting for. Yep, I think I hear some more sheep. Here's another one. Just keep swimming. (laughs) That was an easy one. Here's one (laughs) the easier. Uh, Me want cookie. Do I hear any more sheep out there? In every job that must be done, there is an element of fun. Well, I hope you got all those. To infinity and beyond was Buzz Lightyear. Some people are worth melding for was Olaf. Just keep swimming was Dory. Me want a cookie was Cookie Monster. And in every job that must be done, there is an element of fun is Mary Poppins. So you had to be pretty familiar with the movie and the character to match the saying with the person. If you had never seen Finding Nemo, you may not be able to guess that Dory says just keep swimming. But if you've seen Frozen a hundred times, it would be easy to guess the Olaf quote. I have one more voice for you to guess. Love one another as I have loved you. Who do you think said that? Give me another bah when you've got it. Well, Jesus isn't a cartoon character. He's the good shepherd who takes care of us. Jesus says that his sheep know his voice and follow him. Dear God, thank you that you help us hear and know Jesus' voice. We want to follow you today and always. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever been scared I don't mean scared by a scary movie or scared on a roller coaster ride or a a fun house at the boardwalk, but I mean run for your life scared. Well, I I have to tell you that there's only one time in my life that I really had that experience. I was in college and I got the uh, job shelving books at the Princeton Library. In the uh, late 70s and early 80s, the Princeton University Library, was the second biggest library in the country. The only one bigger was Library of Congress. And in those days, it paid $7 an hour to shelve books. But they didn't want the books shelved when the students were there, so you had to do it late at night. Now, when I finished shelving books at the library, I had two ways to walk home. I could go down Nassau Street, turn at Hoagie Haven and walk, or I could take the hypotenuse, The shortcut, the problem was the shortcut went right through an old cemetery behind the Roman Catholic Church. Now, I am not a scaredy cat, but anybody walking through a graveyard at midnight is going to have a little bit of anxiety. And I would not run through the cemetery, but I would not dwaddle through that graveyard And I'll never forget, one night I had finished shelving books. It was almost exactly midnight. I was walking through the cemetery, and out from behind one of those big monuments jumped a werewolf. I'm not lying, a werewolf, complete with a fuzzy face and big fangs and pointy ears. And the werewolf shouted, Doc Madison! I'm here to get you. Well, my little legs ran as fast as they could. I ran through the graveyard. I ran across the street. I was running right over the uh, parking lot to get to the dorm at the college. And all the while, the werewolf was running after me shouting, stop, stop, stop. Well, of course I didn't. Unbeknownst to me, and, and you may remember this, at the end of the 70s beginning of the 80s they came out with the latex masks and my best friend from college had purchased a werewolf mask and that's what had jumped out at me from the the cemetery well I got all the way to the dorm I got my key in the door I slammed the door shouting for help 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 And meanwhile, the werewolf was on the outside of the door pounding, let me in, let me in, it's me, it's me, it's me. And it took a a little bit of sorting out to figure out that the werewolf wasn't really after me. Well, there's a story from first century BC, and it may be apocryphal, that took place when much of the world was unexplored, unknown and largely unmapped. Mapmakers had to make some way of portraying the areas of the earth that were as yet unexplored. So they symbolized these regions with dragons and monsters and large fish. And the message was clear. Uncharted territories were frightening, fearsome places. Terrors lay buried there, but many maps declared there'd be treasures as well. Well, the story is this. One commander of a battalion of Roman soldiers was caught up in a battle that took him into the territory that the map makers had represented with their monsters and dragons. Not knowing whether to forge ahead into the unknown or turn back into the known, which would be a retreat, he dispatched a message to Rome with this urgent request. Please send new orders. We've marched off the map. Well, we are now marching off the map, aren't we? Indeed, we are marching off the map. Today we find ourselves in uncharted waters as we march off the technological map, the political map, the economic map, the environmental map, the demographic map, or virtually every map you can think of, including the pandemic map. How can we possibly hope to navigate through all these uncharted realms? Well, I think using the 23rd Psalm, the sixth shortest verses in the Bible is a great place to start. The power of the 23rd Psalm comes from its use of two key words, though and through. They're the exact same word except for a single letter. And as we shall see, it's that one letter that makes all the difference. It's the letter that could turn your though into a through. David The innocent shepherd boy knew the truth behind the word though. There are dangers lurking around every corner. There was no if about the reality of life's obstacles and problems. Psalm 23 candidly faces that inevitability. It proclaims not if, but though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Life isn't all loaded tables, overflowing cups, or green pastures. Sometimes our hair isn't anointed with oil, but grimed with grease. Sometimes we're not lying in green pastures, but flailing in blue Mondays. Sometimes we're not resting by the shore of still waters, but struggling in the valley of the shadow. Every one of us has a shadow, a valley. Some of us have a valley that we were given at birth, a valley of poverty or abuse or disability, Some of us, born into green pastures of plenty, immediately proceed to dig our own valleys of shadow through drugs or alcohol, violence, ignorance, or prejudice. The psalmist accurately describes these persons as the ones who have digged a pit into the midst whereof they have fallen themselves. But while we are walking, and notice the text doesn't say run through the valley of the shadow, The Bible teaches that God is with us and that the God with us bears all the suffering and pains of the world and the hurts of our scared, scarred souls. God is with us in whatever we face. For the Christian, the cross becomes the symbol of agony endured by both creation and creator. None of us gets out of life without walking the valley. The psalmist makes it plain that God does not intend for us to sojourn there forever. The valley of the shadow is something one goes through. Valleys are not resting places, but passageways. We can walk through our problems, we can walk through our sorrows, we can walk through our pain, we can walk through our screw ups. What Psalm twenty three promises us is that in all these journeys the Lord will walk with us. Sheep and shepherd are such great metaphors. Sheep have no compass and no sense of direction. But we're more than sheep, and we are guilty not so much sometimes of not knowing which direction we need to go, but refusing to go. We don't want to commit to that direction. It's easier to live in the memory of the past, to live in the shadows of true life. Shadows are an invisible kind of metaphor in this scripture. Shadows of the valley between one mountain and another, or the desert before the crossing of the waters, or between two crossings, as is the case in this scripture, are places of transition. Shadows are cast behind. They are not real, but mere figures that can delude us and misguide us if we try to follow them, especially the shadows of the past. Shadows can be reflections of what we have been or glimpses of a darkness that follows us and threatens to envelop us. They can be former, guilt or shame. Those feelings that distort for shadows are often larger than the truth. We don't need to leave our shadows behind. They follow us because they are our past and they remind us of where we've been. But meanwhile, We need to keep traveling toward the light. In this way, dark valleys, dark times, times of confusion or times of circling in the forest don't last. But only God knows the way through the valley to the waters. Sometimes the emptiness and panic of loss, the where we've been can envelop or swallow up the where we need to go. Thick darkness makes it hard to see our way. That's why we need a shepherd who can bring us out of the transitoriness into the eternal. A young woman shared the story of her mother who had a fear of tunnels, which isn't unusual. Anyway, one spring, this mother had to drive to Pennsylvania Turnpike to visit her daughter at college. Knowing the mother's fear of tunnels, the daughter was a little concerned about the trip. When mom arrived safely, the daughter asked, did you have any trouble? Just the tunnels, mom replied. One of them was two and a half. Puzzled, the daughter asked, did she mean two and a half miles or two and a half minutes? Mom answered, neither. Two and a half times through the 23rd Psalm. Psalm 23 is so full of comfort, it can be the psalm of refuge, which reminds us of God's constant companionship and God's faithfulness. It can keep us focused and it can feed our undernourished souls. One of my favorite stories about the 23rd Psalm is that the famous actor, Richard Burton, had a large party at his house. And he had the opportunity at this party to invite his childhood pastor. And as uh, actors were wont to do in his day, they were getting up and reciting their great monologues and and sections of plays that, that spoke to them. And the pastor asked Richard Burton if he would recite the 23rd Psalm that the pastor had taught him when he was a little boy. Richard Burton said, I'll recite it if you promise to recite it after me. And the pastor agreed. Richard Burton stood tall, took a deep breath, and in that great thespian's voice with delivery and drama, recited powerfully the 23rd Psalm. When he was done, there was applause and ovation. And the pastor, old and frail, well beyond his prime, Stood to recite, and in a feeble voice, without the drama, without the passion of the great Richard Burton, the pastor recited the twenty-third psalm. When he finished, there wasn't a dry eye in the house, and there was that, that quiet that comes from a moment when you know you've stepped in a place of greatness. the people at the party looked at Richard Burton for some kind of explanation. Richard Burton said this, I know the 23rd Psalm, but he knows the shepherd. Did you hear that passage in the Gospel of John where Jesus said the sheep know my voice and they follow me? Well, I have a true story for you. I promised my boys, Ben and John, that when I finished my doctorate, they could have a dog. And I finished my doctorate and off to the pound we went and we got this cute little German Shepherd Lab puppy. We named the dog Sandy. And I took Sandy and the boys into the backyard. And this is true. I looked Sandy in the eye, this cute little puppy, and I said, Sandy, if you run away, I will not get in the car and I will not drive up and down the streets and chase you. If you run away, I will not come looking for you. You are on your own. I said, but we are going to practice that you come when I whistle. So I had the two boys take the dog across the backyard and I whistled and the boys and the dog came back. We did this for an entire afternoon until the dog would come. Every time I whistled, the dog would come. Now, about... Two weeks later, we went to the Philadelphia Zoo. I I highly recommend a family membership if you have small children. We made great use of ours. And off to the zoo we went. And if you remember, just after you get through the front gate, there's that big elephant that you used to be allowed to climb on. And then you went right into the primate house. And I'm strolling through the primate house and I realize I don't know where the boys are. They have wandered off. So, remembering the episode of training the dog, I I said to myself, self, I said, I I wonder if this will work. And I whistled. Sure enough, two little boys, grinning from ear to ear, holding hands, came walking through the primate house looking for dad. I had accidentally trained my sons to come when I whistled. The shepherd calls and we need to answer. The shepherd, your shepherd is calling. Do you know his voice? See, we know the word by knowing the word. We know the shepherd's voice because we've read his word. God is unchangeable. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And therefore, his word is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Do you know the shepherd's voice? Are you ready to follow? I want you to think about this. The through the valley of the shadow of death implies that it's a journey that we must complete. We have to go through. There's no stopping. There's always that moment in, in a, in a coming-of-age movie or in an adventure where the hero is so frustrated or so exhausted or so depleted, he just plops on the ground and he can't go any further and somebody has to motivate and push and move him. I'm reminded of Samwise Gamgee uh, carrying Frodo Through the swamp. Are you ready to follow? No stopping. And finally, what is the goal? Where are you headed? Is dwelling in the house of the Lord forever your destination? The story's told, and and you've heard me say this before, of a a man who interviewed people for high-powered jobs. And to throw them off their game, he would jump out of his chair, look them right in the eye, nose to nose, and shout, what is the goal of your life? And to his surprise, one day, the applicant shouted back, I'm going to heaven, I'm taking as many people with me as I can. Is dwelling in the house of the Lord forever your destination? Well, the shepherd calls, we have to choose to follow. Do you have that determination? Decide today to follow Jesus. And when you make that decision, know that following him will not always be green pastures and still waters. Life still presents challenges. And we have to have the determination to continue. And why? Because the shepherd knows where we're going, he's leading us. The goal is to get to heaven and take as many people with you as you possibly can. Make the house of the Lord your forever destination. Amen.